Father, thank you that we could gather together tonight. And um, Lord, you are you are the creator who hung the stars in space and you reach into our lives. And we thank you for that, Lord. I pray as we listen tonight that you'd give each of us a, um, ears to hear and, and hearts to understand and, and receive whatever it is you have to speak to us tonight. Lord, I thank you for each person who's sitting here tonight. pray that you would bless this time. Bless Sandra in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Amen. All right. Could you guys? It's a little nerve-wracking, isn't it, to sit up in front of the people? Could you guys give Sandra a hand here? Yeah. This is a. This is Sandra Carter, and she is going to tell us about why she believes. That's our series here, and this is actually our last installment of the Why Do I Believe series. So. Uh, no pressure. That you get to, you're like the the anchor leg of the relay team. So um, anyway, maybe Sandra, you could start off and just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, where you grew up, a little about your parents. Um, I'm from uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, born native, actually seven generations. Whoa. On one side, and then my mom's from Liverpool, so England. So. Um, I grew up mostly in Denver, Aurora, and Parker area, and um, I had a mom and a dad, and then I had a brother and a sister, and most of you know Michelle. She's up at Summit View, Um, and um, just grew up there mostly, and um, my house, there was a lot of love in my house, but there was also a lot of pain in my house, and... um, uh, my parents fought a lot, and um, they loved each other, and they loved us very much, but there was just a lot of heartache and um, struggle. Um, my dad was very verbally abusive to a lot of us, especially me, um, and I think he was just super angry and unhappy, and um, yeah, so we just grew up mostly in Denver, I guess, and um, working class family. Um, Mom was a teacher, and Dad did sales, so it's kind of a normal life. So So what, uh, um, it it sounds average, I don't mean that in a bad way, it sounds like a a very average kind of childhood, but what, um, you know, did you have any exposure to to Christianity or faith in Jesus when you were a kid, kind of before you were a teenager? Yeah, um, my mom and dad had a faith group, and um, they never went to church, but they kind of had it. They had their own faith group, but they knew that faith was really important to them, and so they had us all go to Roman Irish Catholic Church, um, and uh, just because that's what they knew. My mom's from Liverpool, so of course she grew up Catholic, and my dad grew up Catholic, and so they brought us to church. And we met some people along the way that were really awesome. There are believers in um, the Catholic religion, of course, and but um, we also just, it was hard because it was just very... We were taught that Jesus Christ was this faraway God that we couldn't um, talk to, and then we had to talk to the priest, and um, we had to fear him. And if we did something bad, he'd smite us, and that was pretty much our faith. Um, and But I went to youth group, which was awesome, met women there that were very um, believers and very kind, um, And um, but my brother fell away from um, the church uh, pretty early because of things he saw and didn't 
believe in, and my sister fell away after that, and then um, I was kind of left. Um, they went to college, so I was on my own with my parents in uh, Parker, and kept going to the church because we used to go to work camp and stuff where we go fix houses, and there were people there I really liked and were uh, believers. Um, but I got to a point in my life where um, I thought I was bi. I was pretty sure I was bi, and um, and uh, thought I'd be disowned, thought my family would be disowned from the church. And so when it came to the time when my mom and my dad were like, it's your choice if you want to keep going, I said no, because I was afraid um, of what, if the church found out what they would do to our family. So, so you kind of, you're starting to sort of allude to some of those challenges you face. Maybe talk a little bit more about kind of, what those challenges were and maybe how they started to sort of work themselves yeah. out and kind of what path you went on there as you were a teenager? Definitely. Um, I uh, I believed in a God because that's what I grew up. Like, it was just like, it wasn't that it was like my own, like, spiritual faith, but that was tradition. It's like he was there because he was always there. And, um, but I was just like, this is, I didn't, really deep down in my heart I didn't believe in him because, or that the God that I was taught at the Catholic Church because um, I was like, how could there be a God that you fear? There's no love there. There's no acceptance. Um, and then, um, so when I left, um, I just kind of stopped believing all of it all entirely. Um, went through high school and through my high school years, um, my parents got divorced when I was uh, a junior, I believe. Um, and then my dad started doing drugs, and I found out he was doing cocaine. And both my brother and I decided that we didn't want to talk to him anymore because it felt like he had betrayed us. And um, even though that my dad was very verbally abusive, he was still like, we were like two peas in a pot. We'd always argue, and we were like best friends. And um, it felt like he had just betrayed me. And so. Wow. I called him up and said, I don't want to talk. You're not a part of my life until you're done with this stuff. Because I'd seen people on drugs, and I'd seen people get hurt and killed and fall away. Because um, I went to school in Denver, and I hung out in a lot of places where there was that. And so um, I called him up and said, I don't want to talk to you anymore, and pretended that my father had died and that I didn't have a father. Um, and through that, um, I didn't know, but it hurt me a lot more than I thought it did and so for a year it was kind of a blur and one day I woke up and told a teacher that um, rock climbing which was my life still kind of is but it was just like it was the first thing that I was really good at because I had a lot of learning disabilities when I was younger school was very hard for me um, I was overweight and unhappy and rock climbing kind of like came in and it was like kind of my God then. It was what uh, helped me through life, and it wasn't making me happy anymore. And so that teacher took me to a therapist, and um, it ca I came to, since it was blurry, it was kind of, that year was blurry, it was kind of hard to remember, but I came to believe that I wanted to kill myself, didn't want to live anymore, um, hated my life. Um, and I think it was mostly just because I was looking for that father figure that was supposed to be that strong person in my life, that person that I could go to for anything and was my strength and he wasn't and um, it just broke me and I just like didn't see life was worth living. Um, 
but I couldn't betray my family by killing myself, so I never did, but I really wanted to. Um, and so after that, I really just, I announced a couple of days later, I'm like, there is no God. And that was the first time I like really announced that I did not believe in him. Um, and that was about the time my sister became a believer um, at up in Fort Collins, and she tried to persuade me <laughs> with her preaching. <laughs> and of course, at that time, I would just roll my eyes for her. But um, I know she did it out of love. Now I know she did it out of love. But um, So after high school, I went to college, and once I turned 21, I drank a lot. And I did drugs, and um, I drank to the point of blacking out couple times a week, and I'm surprised I'm not pregnant or dead right now. Um, of course, it was God, but um, at that point, I was, I was just lost and slept around, woke up in places I had no idea where I was. I'd call my mom. I heard her a lot this way and be like, I don't know where I am, and um, just in a really bad spot in my life then, just it's very selfish, angry person wasn't, I look back and I'm like, oh, my heart was just so selfish and um, just in a lot of pain, didn't really care about anybody. So what was, was there one point that maybe feel like was the low point or what, and then what sort of started to change there in your life? Um, I think it was just like, I kept on doing that in, um, more and more danger, like more and more waking up in places I didn't know and people I didn't know and thinking I was pregnant a couple times. And just um, one day my mom told me I was up in the mountains, I was coming home and I wanted to go to the bar and see my friends play. And she told me, you're really hurting me right now. You are breaking my heart. Um, I really think you're going to go to this bar and get drunk and... um, and you're really hurting me. And that was like the first time I was like, my action, I knew that my actions affected other people. Because before that, I just didn't care. Um, and at that point, um, I would go, my Thursday night schedules were, I'd go to AIM, which was a Bible study, um, like six, seven years ago on campus with fire, the Firehouse Church. Um, I started going to AIM, and then I'd go to martial arts which is, and then I would go to the bar and get drunk and go to my, uh, somebody's house. Um, and in Wushu, or that was the martial arts, a girl had invited me to AIM, and um, I went because of the pizza. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, food, before I go, I don't have to go buy food. So um, I started going there, and I went there for a year. Um, and at the end of the, or half a year, and at the end of the year, I was like, I'm not going anymore. Um, I felt very conflicted at that point. I thought everyone was judging me, and that I, they were saying that all my, what I was doing was wrong, and I was not a good person, and really it was me doing that. It wasn't them, and, but I left and said I wasn't going to go back. Um, came back the next, after that summer, and didn't go, and then I started feeling just just this, like, feeling of, like, I want to go back. I don't know what this is, but I want to go. So I said I went for the pizza, but I stayed for the message Mm -hmm. and kept on going and started seeing that, like, 
this wasn't judgment from the people there. It was love and wanting that wanting they wanted my life to be better and that they were afraid for me and stuff like that. And so uh, I started, yeah, I kept on going. And then one day, um, Tom Short came to preach on our campus. And everything, he was, he's our pastor, uh, one of the pastors who travels to campuses. And everything just started to make sense to me. Um, I heard, I've been hearing the word since I was a little kid. And I just didn't believe in it. Uh, it was mostly from a... a uh, a priest and um, and from my sister and I just thought it was ridiculous and I didn't see any love in it I just saw rules and guidelines um, and but then it just started making sense and these people were like yelling at him and telling him he was wrong and I like in my head I was like you're not listening like that's not <laughs> what he's saying and that night, someone we went to AIM that night, and someone became a believer, and I was like, I want that. And then suddenly, this overpowering, indescribable feeling came um, all over me, and it was this love that I'd been looking for through my father, and it was my earthly father, and it was like, it's hard to describe. I know some of you have felt it, and it's just acceptance of where I was at that point in my life, didn't matter who I was, didn't matter what I was doing, didn't matter if I was going to go drink, he loved me, and he would never betray me, and he would never leave me, um, he would always love me, no matter what, and it was just like, what is this? <laughs> it was hard to take, but I wanted it, and I wanted more, didn't want to leave AIM that night, still went to the bar, got drunk, ended up at a friend's house, because that was, that was my that was, the, that was the world that I lived in. Um, but I woke up the next day, and I knew that I was a believer. And at that point, I kind of was, I became a believer that night. Like, I had the Holy Spirit, but it, I still wasn't conflicted, I guess, of what I was doing. Um, I called my mom that morning, going to the light room, and I said, I believe in God now. Because I can still drink and sleep around and do whatever I want, but he'll love me. And my mom was like, I don't know if that's how it works, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> so, um, but gradually, I stopped doing those. Well, I, I stopped so sleeping around. And it wasn't like overnight. No. It took quite a few years um, to stop doing those things because we live in a world where it's in your face all the time. And it's really hard to not give in to those sins. But um, I just came to a point in my life where God was saying no, and I was saying, I don't want this. Like, this is just tearing me apart. Um, and, yeah, I stopped drinking so much and sleeping around and um, drugs, and I, um, yeah, God was more in my life, and people saw it. I talked to my friend the other day who... I'm still really good friends with who was there through all that. And I was like, I was crazy back then. She's like, yeah. So, like, she saw the change, which was really cool. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a sinner. We all are. And I still make those mistakes sometimes, and I still don't make great decisions. And, um, but 
God forgives me and gives me grace and says, okay, here's your, here's your lesson. That was hard, right? And I'm like, yeah. And then I move on, and I'm better after that. And, um, and he still loves me every step of the way. Well, that's great. Yeah. Wow. Well, what's, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'll ask you the same question I've asked kind of everybody who's been up here before. Um, at the end of it all, like, your story is obviously amazing, and it's this, you know, to me, I think what really speaks to me is that idea of <clears throat> it's not overnight, it's not necessarily immediate, that it is a constant growing and changing and um Jesus Christ redeems you and saves you at a moment and forgives you, but this process works itself out in your life as you go. And as you even said, you're not there, and I, I'm not there. None of us are, are everywhere we're going to be. But um, at the end of it all, what's really at the core of your faith in Jesus? Why do you believe? Um, I guess the main reason is why not? Like, I know he's there. I just know it. And... I don't ever, ever, ever want to go back to the way I was before. I don't want to be that person. And the only way not to be that person is through Christ. And I figure that out more and more every day. Like, I need him every single day. Because those decisions are there every single day. And um, it's just like, it's an overpowering feeling that I still feel time to time. There are still times that it's hard. I feel like it's hard to reach him. But he's there and it's just through hard struggles as a Christian, and um, I just know in my heart that he's there and that I would be dead or in a really bad spot, not the person who I am, if he wasn't around. Um, he's gotten me through. My dad passed away four years ago, and I know that watching him wither away, I know that I wouldn't have been able to survive that without God, knowing that I'm going to see my father again in heaven, knowing I'm going to see his face, knowing that he's not in pain anymore. Um, I just know that, I don't know, it's kind of like he's just part of my life now. It's just God's there, and I just don't see life without him. That's great. That's a great answer. Um, Is there anything else? Like, as you were sharing that you forgot something, anything else you want to share? Um, just that if you are here tonight and you don't believe or you're questioning or anything like that, um, I would just push you to just think about it at least. Just think about life without grief or without guilt. I mean, it's still there, but it's it goes away really fast usually and a life that it doesn't matter who you are or where you are in life or what you're doing. There's a God there that will protect you and love you. And it doesn't matter if you have parents that don't love you or don't care of you because we've all seen that or been through that. But um, there is a Father who does and will always will. And even now, if you're not a believer, he loves you and he wants you in his life. And... um, I just hope that through my testimony you can see that, like, even through being a person that's so far from God that he reached me. And it took years. <laughs> it took a long time, but he did reach me, and I just pray that, um, that you 
can see that, that you can see that there is, there is a God on this earth that loves you and cares for you. And that one day all of us are going to be, and I hope to see all of you, in heaven where there's no pain, no pain, and no loss. Yeah, that's great. Good. Um, I'm going to pray to wrap up this segment here. Yeah. Yeah, Heavenly Father, thank you for Sandra. Lord, I just thank you for the... Um, the heart you've given her, Lord. I think of <clears throat> a passage in your word that talks about how you'll take out our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, Lord. And we've seen that um, that process happen in Sandra's life, Lord, and we praise you for it. <clears throat> God, I, I just think, um, as I think about what you've done in Sandra's life, um, God, some might question whether you exist or not. I say, wow, I think what you've done here is proof, is proof that you exist. Either that or we're all just crazy and um, we're making this up and we should just all go back to the life like what Sandra was leading before. Um, but God, I know you do exist um, and you sent your son Jesus Christ in the world to redeem each of us as you've redeemed Sandra. Um, God, I thank you and praise you for that and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right, could you guys give Sandra a hand here? Yeah. Well, I know that if you've got questions about Sandra's story, she'd love to chat with you afterwards here. Or if you've got questions about what it means to have faith in Jesus, she'd love to talk to you or I'd love to talk to you or somebody else here. would be glad to, glad to chat with you about that. Um, before we close here, one more announcement. Just kind of wanted to share something with you all. Um, I think Drew kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Uh, it's been a, a fun, I think about 14 months here that we've been doing this nightlife thing. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Yeah, it's been good. Um, and as I look out the window, I think about, you know, in the past 14 months, we've seen the scene change, haven't we? And it's been like this, and then it's been warm, and then there's days where we had to roll up the doors because it was too hot in here, and now we're back to it's too cold in here. And, um, but uh, life is a lot like the seasons, isn't it? We go through seasons, and things change, and we, we do things for a time, and then we do other things. And um, that's actually uh, the story with uh, Saturday Night Nightlife, um, is that uh, we are at the end of a season here, and... Um, we were not planning on uh, having a Saturday night service beyond next week, at least through the end of the year as we go through the holiday season and we're doing another number of other things as a church that we kind of want to all be together. But um, we actually are going to be setting aside uh, nightlife um, for uh, an indefinite amount of time with the hopes that we will bring it back. Um, it's been kind of a hard decision uh, for us as a church. It's definitely something I feel like I've given my heart to, to be here and, and be with you guys and keep this going. But uh, um, we're going to, next week is going to be kind of our last, our last Saturday night for a, a while. Um, and so we're going to talk uh, in depth about this decision and, and why we're setting it aside here. Um, and then just kind of celebrate what God has done in our midst here on Saturday nights for the past 14 months. So I hope you guys will all be able to make it back uh, next week for sure. Um, but uh, I just kind of wanted to let you guys know that as, uh, uh, as you're sort of making your plans here for the next few months and, 
and so forth, that uh, we are uh, not going to be holding Saturday night services here, at least for a while, but with the hopes of bringing it back again at some point in the future. So um, that being said, if you've got questions, I'd love to talk to you about it. But of course, next week we'll, we'll spend some time together celebrating what God has done. So um, thanks again for coming tonight. Uh, I know it's cold, but the coffee is hot. So get yourself a nice hot cup of coffee. I have mine here. Oh, it's still warm. It feels good. It's cold up here. But thank you for coming tonight. If you're new, of course, I'd love to meet you. And I know Sandra, a bunch of your family's here. Thanks, you guys, for coming to support Sandra and hear her story. Um, that was a great story. Amen? Amen. All right. Have a great week. I hope to see you back uh, tomorrow morning or next, next Saturday. Thanks.